Hey everyone and welcome to the big 100 show. It's so exciting to reach the three digit mark. I am so happy I've stayed with the show. I could have easily given up many months ago but I'm too passionate to put down the mic so here we are seven seasons in. I'm so grateful to chat to so many diverse people with great stories to share and I just hope they resonate with you in some way. So this episode marks the end of season seven, as I say. I'm off for a little break for three weeks and then I shall be back in your ears. I'm currently working on a membership site at the minute to serve you even more. I'm really excited and I really want to give, 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 but I'm not quite ready to share anything more about it yet because there isn't anything. (laughs) But please watch this space. I'm here to help. So again, I want to thank all the guests who have been part of this season. You are amazing. Now, on with the show. Today I am talking to Cassie Wilde, probably one of my most favourite conversations in a while. Cassie is so positive and passionate about health and sharing her story. She shares so beautifully and is very articulate. Uh, we talk carnivore, weightlifting and what her son eats. So thank you to Cassie, you rock star. So let's launch it. Today on the show, I am talking to Cassie Wilde. Cassie is a nutritional therapy practitioner who, in her own words, loves lifting weights and eating steaks. Now, at this moment in time, that's pretty much all I know about her. So this is going to be an interesting interview. Her Instagram is absolutely amazing. It, it caught my eye and that's kind of why I thought, yep, this is the kind of girl I want to chat to on the show. So hopefully we'll delve into her journey of experimenting with zero carbs, strength training and a little bit more in between. So without further ado, hi Cassie, welcome to the show. Hi Karen, thank you so much for having me on. You are more than welcome, I'm excited. I've got a good vibe about you, you know the way you have a vibe about a person? I think you're going to be amazing today, no pressure. (laughs) Oh I feel the same about you, so this is a great, great connection here. (laughs) Love it, happy days. So would you like to begin a little bit about yourself, sort of you know what led you to become the nutritional therapy practitioner? Yeah, so it's kind of just a a crazy story. And it wasn't something that I ever planned on doing, to be honest. So I kind of went the traditional route with my education. After high school, I got my bachelor's degree. um, So my degree is in human development and biology. Mm -hmm. Then I went on and um, started a master's program that was in organizational leadership. And I was looking to get more into the human resources field. And I absolutely hated it. I hated every second of everything I was studying. I did not care for it whatsoever. And so while I was doing my master's program, I was working for my dad, who's a chiropractor. And it was kind of meant to just be temporary as I was going through my master's. And he has done nutritional work for over 30 years. So he has done basically just more, you know, nutritional counseling. And within the past 10 years or so, he started doing nutrition response testing, which is a form of muscle testing. And the way he the way he does things is it's kind of testing the body's neurological response to a nutritional stimuli is basically Mm -hmm. the best way to explain it. Mm -hmm. So it's a form of muscle testing, a little bit of applied kinesiology and acupressure. So as I was working for him, hating my my schooling that I was doing at the time, I became so intrigued with what he was doing and with the results that I was having from the nutritional work that he had done for me. And he had helped me just kind of, I guess, create this whole new nutritional idea for myself as to, you know, 
things that I was doing in college that were really, really unhealthy. Mm -hmm. He really helped bring me out of a lot of, I guess, health issues that I was having. Nothing that I was being medicated for or anything, but things that I just knew weren't right and I wasn't feeling right. And I became so intrigued with the connection between, you know, nutrition and the gut brain connection and just how everything works together. So I said, you know what, I want to start doing more nutritionally. And I, I dropped out of my master's program, started looking into nutrition programs. And um, that's when I found the um, Nutritional Therapy Association. And that was just kind of how it happened. I went through the program. I absolutely loved everything I was learning. And so I still, that was several years ago. Um, so I'm still working for him and just doing things a little different than I was when I first started working for him. Yeah. But that's kind of how I ended up becoming a nutritional therapy practitioner. Awesome. Well, well, thank you for sharing, Cassie. That's that's a fantastic story. And it's like, you know, your dad has obviously been a, a big influence, perhaps unexpectedly. You know, you didn't go in thinking that was going to be your path. And then all of a sudden you're involved and you're enjoying it and you're right there with him. Absolutely. Now, and do, do you work with him daily? Is it kind of close relationship? You're with him quite a lot. <laughs> yep. Yep. We yeah. are together pretty much every day. He does the chiropractic. So Practice is primarily chiropractic, so we're not ah, okay. you know, actually with each other all day. Yeah. So, um, but working pretty close, and we get to see each other every day. So it really is great. And I know looking back, I'll be happy that yeah. that this was something that we got to share together. It's it's a great parent to have the the chiropractic and the nutrition work in one under one roof, you know, because they do go hand in hand from time to time. So yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So then when did you, because of the carnivore thing that we're obviously going to talk about, when did you start experimenting with this and did you have pushback from your clients or do they not really get involved in that? Is this your personal journey only? Yeah. So with the carnivore diet, I had heard about it about a year and a half ago when my boyfriend actually started doing it. Ah, And his was more because we, we were doing a lot of CrossFit for a while and he was tearing up his joints. He was feeling, you know, real achy all the time. And he started hearing, you know, people who were following the carnivore diet were having really great results with healing from injury and, you know, reduction in joint pain and muscle aches and recovery. So it was more from um, an athletic standpoint that he wanted to start doing this carnivore diet. So he he started doing it and I thought it was absolutely crazy. And I I would make fun of him and I said, this is just ridiculous. You know, you're you're probably hurting yourself so bad. You have no idea. And um, so I knew about it for a while. And it wasn't until I started hearing about Paul Saladino's work and talking about eating nose to tail that it really resonated with me. So once I heard him saying, you know, we can get everything we need just from from animals if we're eating nose to tail, uh, we, we could, you know, be living the most optimal lifestyle and eating the most optimal diet if we're doing that. So I had dealt with this nagging skin issue for about a year and a half where it was almost just like a cystic acne that was along my jaw and um, it was kind of going up to my my temple and on my neck and I don't I didn't know where any of this was coming from. I tried absolutely everything I could think of. I was already cutting out. I wasn't eating sugar or gluten or dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had cut out a lot, a lot of foods. So with the carnivore diet, I was kind of in the back of my mind, I was sort of 
easing my way towards it unknowingly in a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was there in the back of my mind, but it, it wasn't really a goal of mine. So I had cut out pretty much everything except for um, broccoli, carrots, sweet potatoes, and I was eating a little bit of hun raw honey here and there. I just said, you know what, I'm so sick of the skin issue. This kind of thing is crazy, but you know what? Maybe it will help with my skin issue. Yeah, yeah. So, so I really just kind of said, okay, I'm going to cut out these few other plant foods that I'm eating and I'm going to try this carnivore diet. I thought I would feel like crap. I thought my workouts would suck, yeah. but within two weeks, it made an, a huge, huge difference in my skin. And I was very pleasantly surprised with all of this. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to kind of keep this going and see what happens. Yeah, for sure. So that was about oh, over two. Well, that was over two months ago, but I've been eating very, very high protein for probably a year and a half. Yeah. Um, so I just I said, you know what, I'm going to keep going with this. And I, I've kind of stuck with it, but made modifications here and there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's kind of the first reason why I started as far as for myself and the skin thing. The second reason was kind of because, you know, if this is something that could work for a lot of people suffering from chronic health issues, I want to try it before I recommend it to people in our practice. Perfect. Yeah. So at this point, I haven't really talked about it all that much with patients mm -hmm. just because I'm still what I would consider new to it in yeah. a sense yeah. and I want to have a little bit more experience on my end and be able to share a little bit more from what I've experienced before I really start implementing it in our practice yeah. so at this point I haven't had much pushback but up until now I've always promoted being very balanced and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and being very clean and a little bit more of like a Weston Price style diet mm -hmm. as well so mm. it's a little different, but I think there are many people who could really benefit from it. Yeah. Just to sort of circle back around again, like the way you reacted when your boyfriend said he was going to do it, it does seem mm -hmm. extreme when you, and it's so easy and quick to judge when you don't understand something but now since I've been doing this podcast that I just don't judge anything anymore because <laughs> people are thriving on all sorts and you just have to work mm -hmm. it out for yourself so can you can you work out what the trigger was for your acne then was it broccoli <laughs> so I I haven't tried to bring the broccoli back into my diet to be able to say one way or another at this point yeah. but I have found that dark chocolate irritates my skin which isn't really a surprise oh. um, but I know for sure dark chocolate does and raw honey actually was one that I've tried implementing in the past month and it my skin did not like it so right. that's one that I'm gonna have to keep out for now okay. so I I don't I don't know if the broccoli was one, but yeah, right. I think I think I might try it at some point again just to see. But I, you know, I'm fine not eating broccoli now. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I hear you. We'll see. Do you know I eat dark chocolate pretty much every single day? But I eat a hundred percent dark chocolate. Have you tried that, or is it any dark chocolate that sort of is it cacao maybe that triggers you? Yeah. So I have. I think it's a ninety percent dark chocolate yeah. and. Yeah, that's about the darkest that I've found anywhere here yeah. around here. So, yeah. um, I mean, I think it's maybe just a gram and a half of sugar per entire bar or yeah. something. So <laughs> even that, I, so I just kind of, you know, I'm going to keep the dark chocolate out for now. But <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate because it, I do love dark chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am actually addicted to it. <laughs> 
I hand up. I have to admit, I am addicted to it. But there, you can. I've experimented with a couple of different brands of 100% dark chocolate, and I've settled on one. But some of them are horrible. And but there is a big difference. And I imagine you know somebody who's not used to it at all will just hate all of it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I can. It's like a fine wine. I can taste the difference in a, in a fine dark chocolate. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. And I wonder. I wonder what. Um, if I would be able to find some of them that you have there yeah. online or, if, you know, if it's not something that they would ship out of the country, but it'd be really interesting. I'll, I'll have to get some of those names from you and you'll have to send me some of those names so I can look at. You can definitely get it over there because I've seen um, American guy, Shara. I'll send you a link. I can't pronounce it. It's a funny name. <laughs> definitely send you a link, but I've seen... Awesome. Um, who is it? Who's had, do you know Diane San Filippo? Have you heard of her? Sure yes, you know. absolutely. Yeah, wonderful. I appreciate that. Thank sure, you. No worries. And then you, so you were talking about your clients not quite ready to share with them yet, but it is. Do you know? I, I've said on the podcast before, the carnivore diet is the ultimate elimination diet. So if you know, it might get to the stage where they've tried everything, and this is kind of mm-hmm. a nice baseline to start at eventually for somebody. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. I completely agree with that. So you mes- mentioned Weston A. Price for those listening outside the U.S. They they probably don't know who that is but they're kind of a a foundation who stand for sharing accurate information on nutrition and health and always aiming to provide the scientific validation and I saw that you had a pamphlet on nutrition for mental health can you give us an idea on how they speak on that topic and kind of your own thoughts on it as well yeah so with mental health I think it's becoming more widely accepted that there is you know a connection a gut brain connection Mm -hmm. um the brain and the nervous system and our, our physical body is all interconnected. Yep. So if we're not thinking about nourishing our body well or eating well, you know, our mental health is usually going to suffer. Mm-hmm. So in terms of nourishing ourselves to, you know, attain this optimal mental health, they say to eat foods that are high in all sorts of different vitamins and minerals like vitamin A, B3, B1, D, B6, B12, you know, the essential fatty acids, zinc, glycine, cholesterol, all these Mm -hmm. things that for for a while, you know, people were cutting out when they were cutting out meat from their diets. Mm -hmm. So the Weston Price Foundation is very adamant on promoting people eat high quality animal foods and high, you know, foods that are very high in, in healthy fats and foods that are going to provide these essential vitamins and minerals for our mental health. Mm -hmm. So that's something too that I mean, I completely, completely agree with that. I think with the Weston Price Foundation, they're very inclusive instead of exclusive. So Mm -hmm. now people are cutting out grains and dairy, whereas the Weston Price Foundation and what they're promoting, they would say, dairy might not be bad as bad for us as everyone thinks it is if we're eating raw. Yeah. And we're we're getting raw milk, raw cheese, raw butter, and if we're eating these these animal foods that are raised optimally, you know the meat's not going to be as bad for us. So as far as whether or not I agree with this, I think for the most part, a lot of the things that they are promoting in terms of mental health and eating to nourish your your gut brain connection and all these interconnected pieces, I absolutely agree. But I do think. For some people, things like dairy, whether it's raw or not, can be inflammatory, Um, especially if they already have an underlying autoimmune condition or something to that effect. Or same with the grains, even if sometimes they're soaked and sprouted the way that the Weston Price Foundation would promote them to be, they can still cause issues for people, you know, with 
with leaky gut or digestive issues or whatever the case is. So there are so many amazing pieces to the Weston Price Foundation. I've learned so much from them, but I think it is still a bio-individual case. Everybody's going to be a little different and depending on what kind of chronic issues, health issues a person might have, some of the things that are promoted by Weston Price might might not be optimal for them at that time. Sure. I mean, man- mental health is a huge concern right now and there could be multiple reasons why a person is suffering. And I think I told you uh, yesterday that I was talking to the ancestral health guy and he was absolutely adamant that his anxiety was connected to diet not even because I asked him was it do you think it was a trigger the way you ate you know you were anxious anyway did it just make it worse whenever you had high sugar foods and things and he literally was adamant that it was solely diet because he would have had a lot of takeaways Mm -hmm. a lot of sort of nasty vegetable oils and as soon as he cut that out he felt better so he is absolutely adamant that that's kind of what's helped him and he is a big advocate of the raw cheese and raw milk as well Yes, absolutely. And I know by by you, it's probably much easier to access it. Is that right? Um, you cheese, you can get unpasteurized cheese in the supermarket. No problem at all. Uh, raw milk is a little bit more difficult to get, but you can definitely get it. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of issues here, you know, obtaining it. And yeah. not only that, but you know, it's basically illegal yes, <laughs> to, yes, to sell. So the, the poor farmers, I, you know, it's, not that I don't still drink it or get it when it's yeah. when I can, but it's it's not as easy, I think, for people to access it, which yeah. makes it harder. D- definitely. Raw milk, I, I, I went through a phase of having it, and then I kind of thought, I don't really need it because I'm not putting it in... Like, I, if I have coffee, I like it black, and I'm not eating cereal, do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, what am I going to yeah. put this in, and am I going to get through it quickly enough before it goes off, you know what I mean? Yeah, yep, I'm the same way. Yeah, but I would definitely, I'm all about the cheese. I get cheese all the time. I am <laughs> loving it. And as I say, we can get that. Can you not get it in the supermarket, unpasteurized cheese? Nope, nope, that either. We can't. Wow, that's right. Yeah, it's literally in like a really obvious supermarket here. No problem at all. And I don't know, know if people realize if they look on the back, it says unpasteurized. But yeah, there's two or three brands that are always unpasteurized, which is great. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so moving on a little bit, I saw that you shared on your Instagram story about adding a few carbs back into your diet how is that going for you (laughs) yeah so I started doing that about a month ago where one day a week I'm kind of implementing just 60 and I kind of upped it for a little bit to about 100 grams of carbs on a day that I'm training hard Mm -hmm. so like I mentioned I tried a few things like the honey that I know is irritating my skin so I'm not doing that anymore um carrots and sweet potatoes seem to be fine right now so I'm kind of you know preparing those and boiling them and letting them cool and then I'll eat them you know mashed or whatever but so far it's going okay I don't feel bad eating them I'm just more worried about my skin yeah and as I'm not doing a lot I'm not as worried about you know my blood sugar mm-hmm. throwing that off too much or anything so right now it's going okay but um but I'm, I'm still working on it it's, it's kind of a slow process reintroducing yeah. foods so everything has its season you know it's it's definitely worth experimenting do, do you find whenever you're adding the carbs you're recovering a little bit better after a particularly hard session yeah so I think part of it part of the reason I started adding them back in was when be, when I went strict carnivore it kind of threw off my menstrual cycle yes that's so that's that. mm-hmm. yeah so that's something I'm still working on so I figured okay all I really changed is cutting out carbs. I'm still kind of eating the same amount of fat, the same amount of protein. 
So the only variable that's really changed much is the lack of carbs. Right. And so then I thought, okay, well, maybe if I put a few carbs back in here and there, and I was eating low carb prior, and I have been for almost three and a half years. So mm -hmm. it really wasn't a huge change. But um, I said, maybe if I put a few carbs back in, this will help regulate everything again. And um, I was also finding that with the high intensity workouts that I wanted to do, I just felt like I couldn't push it quite as hard when it came to the high intensity work, when I really wanted to start sweating. The strength workouts were going great, but I just, I felt like, you know, maybe low carbs, kind of using a targeted approach where I only eat the carbs around my workouts. I thought maybe that would help with the high intensity work. And I do think it does. And I think it can be beneficial for people to do that. So that's kind of why I started doing that. My recovery, I wouldn't say has really been much of an issue with or without carbs. Yep, I, I do a lot of I've been doing I mean, for probably about a year and a half been doing a lot of beef liver. So that I have noticed is a huge game changer for recovery. <laughs> I don't think I've had a recovery. <laughs> yes, yes, the raw liver. Oh my gosh. It's I I love it raw, but I can't stand it cooked. So yeah, yeah. I'll have to talk to you about liver in a second. I'll, I'll let you keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Yeah, go ahead. Go on the liver. I okay. want to hear what you okay. say. <laughs> yeah, so I tried, what do you call him? The, the carnivore king? Yeah, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried the whole frozen thing and I chopped it up really small, but I just can't, I can't do it. It just, it tastes... <laughs> it just melts immediately in your mouth and you're like ah liver and I, I don't I don't like it cooked either but I have in the past made a pate with it it's not raw of course but I'll cook it with a pile of butter and make pate and yeah. that's it it's just maybe a bit of salt and pepper that works for me but I just there's a there's a container of it in the freezer right now and it's been sitting there for a long long time <laughs> do you do um beef liver yeah it's, oh no hold on do you know what do you know what it is I think it's lamb actually Oh, lamb. Okay. Because I know they all have a little different taste and a little different flavor. And I've heard that um, lamb and chicken are easier to eat than beef. Right. So okay. I think beef is kind of one of the, the hardest to palate. People seem to complain. I haven't had lamb, so I can't vouch for that. But yeah. I know that the chicken is much easier to eat than the beef. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm still struggling with the lamb. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you put, um, put bacon, you know, in the pate... It always makes the taste that much better. Oh, that's better. good, yeah. Oh, pate is great. Pate is nice. But I guess if you're cooking it, are you destroying some of the nutrition? I don't know. Absolutely. Anytime you're cooking any yeah. of the the animal products, which I think some things definitely need to be cooked, but a yeah. lot of beef products, I kind of made a post about this the other day too, because then a lot of people have been asking, but I truly think if you're, you know, if you're eating a healthy, healthy animal, you know exactly where it's coming from. You know, your farmer, you know, your butcher. Yeah. Um, and I don't think people should have to worry if they're, you know, they're eating these, these raw, yeah. raw organ meats or something within a timely manner. For sure. and appropriately, have, you, yeah. have, you, have you tried brains yet? <laughs> so we actually can't really get brains here. No. I don't think, I don't um, think I know so. there was, yeah, I know there's like issues with mad cow disease and stuff for a while. Yeah. So, um, I don't, I've actually have not tried, but, um, ancestral supplements, I don't know if you're familiar with them, mm -hmm. but they make a brain, they have all sorts of different organ products in supplemental form. So they do have a freeze dried brain that I, I have, <laughs> I have yeah. it if I eat it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to fry up some eggs and sprinkle it with some freeze dried brain. <laughs> 
why not yeah right <laughs> so i'm sure i'll try it at some point i haven't yet though <laughs> yeah. i think the texture is different that's for sure I, i've not had it but i follow um and i interviewed the biohacking chick do you follow her yes yeah and she was cooking it up and she was like no it's not good but then she cooked it in ghee i think and then she was loving it <laughs> so oh there you go yeah ghee makes everything great it's all good <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. and you also said talking about your more carbs you weren't having coffee or doing any extended fasting as well no no I I kind of played around with the extended fasting and intermittent fasting for a while um yeah. several years back and I just I really feel best when I'm kind of eating eating the way that I do now which isn't extended fasting so yeah. I mean unless I would have some sort of you know, an underlying issue or some sort of a health problem or something that I think would greatly benefit from more of an extended fasting, I'll, I'll probably continue to eat the way I am now or in the t- in the time frame that I am now. But um, I also know I don't do coffee and I love it. But I know, <laughs> I know that was causing some issues with my skin for a while too. So I cut that out a while back. And it was very hard to cut it out, mm-hmm. but once once I did, I do feel much better. I don't feel I, for a while I was feeling groggy in the mornings too, and it was kind of just a go to. It really is yeah. an addiction, not only just the taste of it or the, the you know the caffeinated effect from it, but the taste and just having something warm to sip on is just the smell, everything. I love it, but yeah. I, I don't do it anymore. Uh, well done. I, I always feel sad for people when they tell me they have to give up coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it wasn't fun and I'm, I'm still sad about it. And my boyfriend yeah. drinks coffee and when he makes it, I'm like, at least I get the smell. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it smells better than the taste. Yes. <laughs> and um, if you live in Northern Ireland, it's pretty much cold all the time. So we need a cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> I, yes, absolutely. Although we should be switching it out for bone broth. Isn't that right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, once a little bone broth here and there not gonna hurt you yeah for sure <laughs> lovely so let's talk strength training because that's what you're all about right now and you shared a sample workout sort of your kind of structure for the week and I love the fact that you were adamant and saying you're doing what's best for you I feel like I say that a lot on the podcast but you do you have to kind of work out what's what's working for you stay in your own lane of course seek out a bit of advice and tweak and test but uh it's great whenever you can find your own kind of sweet spot so how how much are you working out at the minute what is your schedule like is it ridiculous because you look like you are that's not an overnight success what you're (laughs) doing (laughs) oh so what I I'm working out five days a week right now so I take two rest days one of my days I really try and just get outside go for a walk so I still try and be active it's not like I'm just going to become a couch potato you know and do absolutely nothing but I really I try and be active on the days that I'm not actually lifting so that's not how I how I built my body if you will um I Hmm. did CrossFit for about two and a half years and I trained very hard twice a day so I was working out for probably a total of four hours some days and it it was I mean, it was taking a major toll on my body. I was getting so burnt out. I didn't really feel well. I went through a lot of cycles where, you know, I was just really agitated, wasn't recovering well, just always fatigued. It was just a really negative 
aspect to my health, it was really becoming more of a detriment. And I really wasn't training for anything at that point. Right. And I kind of just realized, you know, I want to be able to be fit and be healthy long term. It's not all about lifting the heaviest weight every single day. I just really started creating more balance in my life and realizing that if I wanted to be healthy long term, I need to come up with something that's actually going to support that. So that's when I, I started saying, okay, I'm not gonna do I didn't do CrossFit anymore. And I came up with my own program that was just more intuitive. And I actually started listening to my body. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm, yeah. What a weird concept. Yeah, imagine that. Yes. <laughs> so, so instead of having somebody program what I was training and following what somebody else was telling me to do, I started creating my program based off how I felt that day. So, uh, so it wasn't, and I think that's where people when I tell people that they say, well, if I did that, I would never get anything done. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you kind of have to get past your mind and realize, okay, is it my mind just telling me, oh, I don't want to do that? Or I really shouldn't do that today, you know, based off something actually being an issue for that day or whatever the case might be. So, so I still push myself very hard, but I'm training a lot less. So now it's five days a week, I lift heavy. So what I would consider like a five, a five by five or three by three lift or something that's heavy, maybe what other people would consider over, you know, their 65% of their, their max lift for that lift. So that kind of heavy, I do that usually three or four, sometimes five days a week, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, But But then I kind of also work in some high intensity work and some hypertrophy where I'm doing high reps. And I like to do a lot of core and a lot of tempo work and eccentric work. So I've just kind of created this mismatch style where there's no niche. I do a little bit of powerlifting, a little bit of Olympic lifting. um, And then I do a little bit of what would be more, maybe what people would consider like a functional bodybuilding with a little CrossFit and just kind of all over the place. But I absolutely love it because I don't have to go into the gym and, you know, have anxiety about lifting super heavy when I don't feel good one day or something. And Mm -hmm. I would rather just do, you know, the assault bike or something where I don't have to be aggressively injuring myself. So, so yeah, that's really kind of what I'm doing now. And um, it's been working really well for me being more intuitive. I love that. It sounds amazing. You'll have to send me some workouts. (laughs) Absolutely. I I love to share workouts. Awesome. I've been going to calisthenics class and I'm absolutely loving it. So trying to nail the handstands and things like that. Uh, it's been amazing just trying to work on upper body strength you know I started in January and I was just no up I had some upper body strength but as soon as you try and do a handstand you're like okay I have I have work to do here yeah um, oh and, yes and it's taken me since January to be able to do it effortlessly now so it's it's like you get a real breakthrough and you kind of think I don't want to give up now I'm loving this so it's really good for natural movement I feel much stronger I'm kind of bored of the gym doing like you know the machines are just kind of like mm-hmm. sets of this sets of that. I love a, I love a bit of sort of deadlifting and squatting too but just mm-hmm. sort of feeding that in throughout the week as well has been really good for me I love that that's awesome and I always think if you could do 
one thing, if people could do anything and they couldn't afford a gym membership or didn't want to go to the gym, you can always do body weight movements. I think they're so, so, so important, so foundational. So yes. that's amazing. And I've seen some of your videos with the handstands and I'm always cheering for you. I'm rooting you out. So oh, I'm thank you so much. <laughs> I was talking to, um, you maybe didn't hear, uh, the guy who teaches me, he was on the podcast a few weeks ago and he was talking about the fact that he used to be just the gym guy and a numbers guy. And then he realized just, you know, bending around to pick something up, he couldn't do it because he had no mobility. And so he changed mm -hmm. his whole regime and now it's kind of, you know, he can sit in a squat position for 10 minutes and he enjoys it, you know? So, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's all about getting flexible. It doesn't really matter what you look like. Absolutely. It's more about how you feel and what, and the way I look at it too. And I think that was what was so great about CrossFit is it wasn't really about how you looked. It yeah. was about how you feel and how you, you know, what you can actually do. You know, it's just, it's really, and I think that's what really intrigued me. It was just, it was very cool. It was just a great environment too, where people, you know, they, they're not worried about what other people look like. Yeah, <laughs> they're just sure. like, you can do that. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah. I love really, that. Really great team building. I did CrossFit really briefly a few years back and I could tell it was just like a great sort of environment to be around. And I do love the CrossFit games on Netflix, which I'm waiting for the next season quickly here. <laughs> oh, I know. So impressive. Yes. What do you call the guy? Um, Matt Fraser. He's the main one, isn't he? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just keeps winning. <laughs> Uh, unbelievable he is he is superhuman yeah for sure so you talked about kids how do you fit in your kids with all of these workouts <laughs> yeah so my son will he's a, he'll actually be six tomorrow so oh, happy um, birthday so yeah he and usually now that I'm only working out one day a week um for when I was doing CrossFit I was able to bring him to the gym so ah, yes. that worked well um and now he usually at the time that I'm working out, he's just eating dinner with his dad. So oh, cool. and what does he eat? Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. What does he? Yeah. Eat? So it's, it's not perfect. I'll be so honest. Um, oh, for sure. The way, the way his dad feeds him is a little different than the way I feed him. I don't <sighs> keep any snacks or anything in the house. And I try, I really try not to, to buy much packaged food at all. Yeah. So when I, when I feed him, it's pretty, pretty typical, kind of a, you know, a very, very clean, but typical is what I would consider it. So mm. he'll, he'll have a little bit of meat, you know, with some fat. He's, he was weird about meat for a while. And I started thinking, Oh, no, you're gonna be like me when I was a kid, because I did not <laughs> like meat as a kid. But now now he's really into eating hamburgers. And I don't ever put a bun on it for him or anything. Yeah. So he just likes the meat. So he, he does like hamburgers, then I get um, good quality beef sticks and things that yeah. Um, don't have any nitrites or any fillers or anything. So cool. he'll usually have a little bit of that. And then he'll have, you know, some vegetables. He does like cucumbers and snap peas and, you know, things mm -hmm. that are just real easy to eat and crunchy. And yeah. he likes fruit. He likes fruit a lot. And I really don't eat fruit whatsoever. So, mm -hmm. Me too. so I, try, I, I even try and limit his fruit a little bit, but he usually has some fruit likes yeah. his berries and apples and oranges and things yeah. but but we we try you know I I really try introducing him to new things but he's just such a goofy kid <laughs> and so it's kind of pretty standard we don't have a very wide variety of things that we're that we're feeding him yeah. but um yeah, it's cute because sometimes he'll just I think he sees me eating things and it intrigues him like yeah. the other day I tried to feed him salmon roe oh wow <laughs> and and I just kept saying, oh, it's, it's 
it's just salty. It's just really salty. I didn't want to tell him it was a fish egg because he'd be goofy about it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but he put it in his mouth and he goes, oh, that's just, that's loaded with salt. <laughs> and it was so cute. But um, so, but then he, so he spit it out and then came back and wanted a little bit more. So I think it's always, I didn't introduce him to some of those things when he was really young. And I know that's when I should have, but at the time I didn't know a lot of these things. So, so things like that, I really hope he starts becoming more interested just because he sees me doing it. Yeah, set an example. What about liver? Has he tried it? He has not. No, he, (laughs) I think, I think there's a couple of times that he's just watched me eat it and it looked like he was going to throw up. Yeah, just watching. Yeah. He's not ready for that yet. He's not ready for that. He's not ready for that yet. But I really think the more parents can just set the example. And, and I'm just because I'm not feeding him, you know, everything that I'm eating doesn't mean he's eating bad. It's just different. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he, you know, he likes butter. He'll just eat, you know, eat a little, eat globs of butter here and there. So, yeah, I but I really, I really hope as he continues to watch me and see what I'm eating, it'll intrigue him more to eat some yeah. of these, these goofy things. Probably, I don't, I don't see him eating any cow tongue soon, but. Oh yeah, that's, whew, yeah, that's different. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't have kids, but a friend of mine has brought her son up with pretty much only natural foods and I know she won't be able to control it forever like you as well but when mm-hmm. I see him he's so vibrant he looks so bright in the eyes and I've never seen him hyper I think there's just a noticeable difference you know compared to maybe some kids that are yep. just wired <laughs> yeah, absolutely fed all the and th- that's the biggest thing I try and stay away from is just the sugar yeah. I don't you know sugar and refined foods and really packaged foods but as far as fruits veggies and and meats I, I just try and keep it real balanced with him but it's pretty basic because he eats kind of the same thing over yeah. and over but what happens if he goes to a, a, bar- a birthday party yep so that's another thing I try not to be a for a while I actually <laughs> yeah. yes and I tried I tried really hard for a while not to stress about these things and I tried to control it for the yeah. first years of his life but as he's getting a little older he is understanding more that, okay, I can have this, but I shouldn't have it all the time. Yeah. So I, when he, you know, he's at school and a friend has a birthday and they bring cupcakes, he's going to eat them. And I, I want him to, if it's going to make him feel included and, you know, he's going to enjoy it in the moment, but I really want to raise him in a way where he knows that's not something he should be doing all the time. And that's mm. not what's going to create a healthy and happy life long term. Yeah. But I, tr- I, I think the more, we try and control those things the more we just stress ourselves out about it, stress our kid out. And, you know, everyone gets more stressed out than anything, just trying to control that, but it's going to happen here and there. And, and if so, it it happens. Yeah, he'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) So Cassie, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I ask everyone this question. If you could give our listeners one final thought today, one Cassie nugget that they can incorporate into their lives in order to build that better body, what would that be today? Oh, I would say that people should just start listening to their body as well as they can, acquiring these practices that are really going to help you get in tune with yourself to better understand what you truly, truly need and what's going to benefit you long term. Because I think a lot of people think short term and Mm -hmm. aren't really thinking, you know, what can I do to really optimize all aspects of my health, physical, mentally, emotionally, And I think the more you become in touch with yourself, what you need, and I think that's really ultimately the goal in life is to to find yourself and know yourself. I love that. 
Oh, thank you so much, Cassie. You're an absolute inspiration. Oh, thank you so much. So it's been an absolute joy to talk to you. And I am sure people listening are going to love what you have to say. So where is the best place for people to connect with you on the web? Is it going to be your Instagram or? Yeah, yeah. I don't do a lot on Facebook. I know people have requested on Facebook and, and I go on there very rarely. But yeah. um, Instagram, I am I love Instagram. I love connecting with people on Instagram. So it's Cassie underscore wild on Instagram. I love connecting on there. Brilliant. I will put that in the show notes. But thank honestly, thank you very, very much. I really enjoyed that today. Cassie, you're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Karen. So are you. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. No worries. By listening to this podcast, please be aware that this is for informational purposes only. It is by no means a substitute for medical advice. So please consult with your general practitioner if you want to embark on anything new.